3: Fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.
2: Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that. What a shot! Another goal by Kenny Sturrock. Bar post for Shearer. Goal. McGovern has it. Hard deflection! And a goal. Comes to Mitchell. It's another
0: goal.
2: Incredible. Hubble. Oh, I will win this league anyway. Rich He's hit it. It's Crabble! Colin Doyle strikes again. And a brilliant goal from Harry McCurdy.
0: December 2006, Swindon fans travelled to the best and rejoiced in victory by chanting to Walsall fans that they should have gone Christmas shopping. In December 2021, it looks like they did, as 2,307 home fans watch, 2024 jubilant town fans watch Swindon progress into the third round of the FA Cup for the first time since Matt Ritchie's December 2011 goal against Colchester set up a game against Wigan Athletic, here to
1: rejoice on the pod. It's Connor. Hello, Connor. Hi, Rich. I honestly had forgotten what it felt like to be in the FA Cup third round. I'd forgotten there was a third round to the FA Cup. um, But here we are on the verge of hopefully a good game to watch next month. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: Kinda tell me how long did it take for your nosebleed to stop? Because mine's still
1: trickling out the nostrils. These are heady heights for Swindon. Yeah, no, it's it's kind of a, a weird feeling. Like, I mean, the first weird feeling I had at the weekend was like making my way home on Saturday morning um, to sort of meet people to go up to Walsall um, and having like excitement at, for an FA Cup game that Swindon Town were playing in, um, and. The second point was on the way back. And we're like, we've won. Like this this, this is unprecedented, at, at least for a long time. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know how to deal with it, to be honest.
0: No, neither do I. Um, for the presser, I predicted a 2-1 loss. And that was tactical. I don't mind getting predictions wrong uh, <laughs> at all. And sometimes I've got a friend who always bets against their team. So when they lose, at least they're... They've got money coming through. I do the non monetized version of that, which makes me sound stupid, but <laughs> I'm kind of stupid. So what can I do? I mean, you're going to walk me through the game, but can I just say, I'm absolutely elated and up for the cup right now.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's one of those things where um, it's been hard to get excited as a Swindon fan about the FA Cup for a long time because we've probably not taken it as seriously as we maybe could have done. Um, Just as like, even if you're going to see it as a stream of income, we've probably not even taken it seriously in that sense. Um, We've had a number of uninspiring draws and we're now in kind of the middle, as we record this, of a 48-hour period where anything is possible for the third round in the FA Cup. Um, I look forward to being brought thumping back down to earth (laughs) uh, on Monday evening when we get to St Albans or Boreham Wood or something at home. Um, But, you know, in, in this kind of space where we could be going away to spurs or arsenal or chelsea or west ham anyone within the uh, the m25 uh, or outside the m25 uh, i'm very very excited at what could possibly come and and that for me is like the real thing that uh, beyond like enjoying football that's one of the main things that is enjoyable about being a football supporter is like looking forward to like what could happen uh, in at some um time in the future and like we have a kind of rough weekend that we can get excited about um so hopefully we have a fixture um, to match it as well
0: well we'll dare to dream in a segment later on in the pod where we'll we'll go through the various hopeful destinations and i think i speak on behalf of most of the people that contributed in the listeners section that most people want us to play away eight
1: <laughs> away wins in a row that is insane yeah, it's bizarre, honestly. I mean, I was I was kind of working out because um, I went away quite a lot in the um, Wellins title season. Obviously, none of us went to away games um, it, last season. Um, and then um, this season, we were unbeaten away. So I think the last time that I saw us lose away from home was like pretty much a dead rubber where we lost against Cheltenham in uh, early 2019. Um, so it's been like two and a half years, nearly three years since I've seen us lose on the road, which is a very, very long time and this team are just just so good. I, I should not have brought that up in the podcast. we've got two away games coming up in the next week. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's bound to come to an end and because I've said that now. I'm very sorry to everyone, um, mm-hmm. but it is a strange feeling having been to quite a lot of away games over the last two years and we still just seem to be churning out result after result. It's, it's so good.
0: Oh, it's an absolute kiss of death by Connor, but I will say <laughs> that <laughs> the podcast is doing its first Patreon watch along on Tuesday um, for the uh, patrons who, who aren't going to the game. So you can absolutely guarantee we're going to lose. Oh, we Tuesday double jinxed night. it. Double oh, jinxed absolutely. We have, and, and I just know we'll get all the pelters, but, Yeah, well, never mind, but
1: I don't think that's how it works, but we'll take the hit. Yeah, no, it it absolutely is not how it works, but uh, it doesn't stop us from second-guessing ourselves.
0: Yeah, and and the the couple of times that even I've gone to a game, I've kind of thought, I bet I'll be the Jinx, and we've even won those. It's Mm. crazy. I don't understand it. It it makes me feel nervous, but um, let's talk about... This game, a 2-1 win at Walsall, I thought it would be tricky. A couple of our performances, or the last few performances, have been below par in terms of what we've seen from Swindon this season so far, and I think we'll discuss in a bit that it went along those lines again, but we'll go with the starting lineup. no major surprises, Jojo Waller caught in goal, at the back, Rob Hunt, Dion Conroy and Akinoda Mayo on the wings. I was wing back. Sorry, uh, Kessler Hayden and Ellis Iandolo, with Louis Reed in defensive midfield. Just in front of him is Johnny Williams and Jack Payne, and then up front, Harry McCurdy and Vries Simpson. So, approximately, maybe with the exception of Gladwin, who we knew was struggling, zero surprises there.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess the only the only other one that we might we might have expected Critchlow to come in for Hunt. I think that was one that was was spoke about on the on the presser as like it, it could happen, but it might not. Um, so that one, uh, yeah, wasn't massively surprised to see Rob Hunt retain his place. I think he he did well as well um, in the game. So there's no one going to be arguing about it now. Um, but yeah, I think that was one where we were probably discussing it last weekend after the Harrogate game um, that um, you know Critchlow nearly back um, and ready. We'd probably have expected him to be in the team by then, but. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, probably they, they, they know what's going on behind closed doors in terms of the injuries, uh, situations, performances and training. Um, yeah, it's it's about as strong as you're going to get as, for a Swindon team this season, I think.
0: I rather suspect that Ben Garner is firmly on the Rob Hunt hype train. So I kind of fully expect to see Rob Hunt be announced as Swindon Town's official Rob Hunt partner, signing <laughs> a, a one to two year deal very, very shortly, um, the way things are
1: going at the moment for him. Well, I mean, if he wants to sponsor himself to become Rob Hunt, official (laughs) partner, uh, then yeah, he can be his own guest, I guess.
0: (laughs) Okay, so, I mean, the first thing I really want to just mention and get out of the way is the absolutely dreadful turnout by Walsall fans. Magic of the FA Cup is certainly not in the black country. Really quite disappointing, really, because Swindon took 2024 and it wasn't because of Walsall and it wasn't necessarily because it was the FA Cup. Walsall is an easy journey for fans. We've always taken a fair few there, or in my mind, we've always taken a fair few to uh, the best Scott. But a woeful showing from the home side. And they're not even doing that badly. I mean, it's all subjective, isn't it? Because they watch them week in, week out. What would you put it down to? It's just extra costs, the cold, Christmas shopping.
1: What's going on? I think if we had been at home for this tie, you would have seen a reduction in the amount of people going to that game versus if it had been a league fixture. And that's not necessarily disinterest of the FA Cup. But if you're a season ticket holder and you have to then stump up extra for the home ticket rather than you automatically have it so you're going to go because you've got the ticket, you bought it in June, July, maybe you renewed in February earlier that year. Um, If you have to make a decision to go, Uh, And get the ticket, then it's like another barrier. So I feel like we might have gone down from like an eight thousand attendance to maybe a six and a half, seven, which you know might not have been that noticeable, but and obviously would have been more fans than than were there on um, on Saturday. But I I think that's probably the main thing. There's not much of a magic of the FA Cup for a draw of like Walsall versus Swindon. It's it's a game that you're going to hoping that you win so you get to the next one. Um, And yeah, like you say, we were going probably it's it's a decent away day to do from swindon if you're in in that area it's a good away end um you, you can get a number of people and like it probably that's the kind of attendance that we would have had for quite a few away games um i should think if the, that was allowed like I'm, I'm sure we probably could have taken that kind of yeah. amount to bristol rovers for example um but when your capacity is restricted people are saving up for the other games and nearby walls will probably been the first opportunity to to have that big gathering and I think from our side it's one of the couple of moments where like I've actually been in the moment thinking like it really does feel like Swindon are back and not in a kind of buzzwordy we've got our Swindon back kind of way but there, there have been a few moments in the season and the pre-season so far where you kind of are there and you're kind of aware that you're witnessing history in terms of like was it. Um, Supermarine for the friendly, and you sort saw of Morfuni going around the pitch, getting handshakes and high fives from people going all all around. And you think like this is a really big day, and probably in a few years, whether remember it positively or negatively, uh, we'll remember this. And you know, at the moment, it's a very very positive memory. Um, Scumthorpe on the opening day, like there were so many different strands of that game that made it really really important, uh, like really really important in terms of like the first competitive game. That I'd seen in uh, Swindon play for eighteen months, like like many others. First away game, um, the, the the way that the preseason had gone in, in terms of getting us to that point and winning, uh, that that felt absolutely huge at the time. And I think this is like the third chapter in that, in terms of getting that amount of Swindon fans all in one end It's a brilliant atmosphere from start to finish, um, like really really exciting. And then at the end of it, you get the the progression to the third round it felt like an absolutely huge day and it's like one of the one of the days that we've probably needed for years and years and years and we finally got it uh and yeah just it like leaving the ground reminded me of like uh the first leg at Bramwell Lane in 2015 like everyone like leaving around singing um there were like people like beeping their horns and stuff and on the way out probably uh, a little bit bored because the traffic was moving very very slowly outside the Westcott but and um, that's by the bye. but like the the atmosphere was like so so positive, and like that's it's a day that we've needed for a long time. Um, and yeah, to have been there was like a, a really really good thing. Um, like really glad that I sort of made the decision because I wasn't sure if I would. I think I was pretty negative about the draw at the time, uh, so I'd like to with, like to retract those comments <laughs> from November. Yeah,
0: retraction approved. It was nice following the game on social media and and seeing or reading comments from journalists who cover Walsall and saying like we haven't heard a noise like this in the way end for a long time and I think even one nearby person saying I've never heard fans noise from my house (laughs) this is the first time I imagine it's Swindon um which which is which is crazy really but something that I think I swear you might have said it privately at some point maybe even on the pod it took one attempt for the new era to get to the third round of the FA Cup uh, something that the previous <laughs> ownership couldn't achieve, isn't it weird?
1: What it is, is is taking the cup seriously. That was a full strength side, um, and like they went into the game like they really wanted to win it, um, and we did. Whereas I think it's hard to go back and look at kind of the teams that we that we've had, but when we've played non-league teams over the years, I've definitely felt like more fringe players are involved than uh, than in like a league fixture of like a similar magnitude. So it's one of those things, like I guess we were talking sort of off air about um, how like the prize money and the t- the gate receipts and, you know, potential TV money as you go through the cup um, starts to build up and can really put us in a good position. And if you are going to try and run the club on an even kilter, then like these like opportunities are kind of, I guess, low-hanging fruit because you got to think you you should be trying to beat someone in your own league. And uh, yeah, if you take it seriously, then yeah, you'd, you'd like to think that more often than not, the results will come. So let's talk about the actual game then. We're
0: almost quarter an hour in and we haven't even talked about the football yet. So <laughs> the first 20, 25 minutes of this game from everything that I've read, for everything I was following, for everything I was listening to, suggested that this is going to be a far more comfortable experience for Swindon. It it, it seems pretty dominant.
1: Would, would that be correct? Um, yeah, I mean, I think first five minutes or so, both teams are kind of sounding each other out and not committing too much, um, after which we kind of had a couple of chances. Um, McCurdy breaking down the left and uh, shooting from a very, very acute angle, but nearly getting it in. Goalkeeper pushes it wide. Um, and there was one time when, um, like, Kessler Hayden was left in absolutely acres of space on the edge of the box and uh, just kind of uh, miscontrolled it uh, rather than sort of getting a shot in. Um, the, I think it might have been skewed, like really, really off target. Um, and yeah, just like a, a number of times where we sort of looked pretty positive um, down the down that right-hand side uh, slot with Kessler Hayden, um, but didn't quite kind of make the right decisions to get uh, a chance. But then... On the quarter of an hour mark, um, kind of a bit of ping pong in midfield, but Jack Payne just takes a like, takes a touch and launches like the perfect through ball through to Simpson, who still had a lot of work to do, but manages to barrel past the defenders and uh, yeah, really tidy finish and like that sort of <laughs> sent the away end into raptures. And then after that, you had a few more chances, and I was kind of thinking to myself. If we're going to have a spell this good, we need to make sure it's two nil because otherwise, you know, we will fade and 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 things won't look quite so good. Um, there are a couple of really good chances again, but then uh, that spell just kind of ended. So yeah, you're, I think you're right. First twenty five minutes of the half were ours, and then the rest were probably more 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 towards Warsaw, even though we. Still had a couple of decent moments within that.
0: In terms of Tyrese's goal, in my mind, that is a quintessential Tyrese Simpson effort. That is, and it's it, it's remarkably early <laughs> to um to stretch them like we did at that point, 16 minutes. Speaking of early, smoke bombs in the 16th minute. Discuss. What do we think?
1: Yeah, I think there's it's difficult, isn't it? Because like if you've brought one, and you want to let one off for a goal. Do you take the bird in the hand? Uh, or the smoke bomb in the hand. Uh, and I think you probably do. Um, but it it did feel very, very early for that kind of thing. But but it, it was kind of in fitting with, with the atmosphere. Obviously, like most people actually turned up to the game really, really early. Like I was there. I'm rarely in the ground more than like a few minutes before kickoff, but I was there at two. Um, so sort of stood there very cold. Um, the atmosphere is building and building and building. And to be honest, even though it's 16 minutes into the game, my perception of time in the afternoon was like so, so long that that first 15 minutes felt probably like it. we were like five or 10 minutes away from the break. So maybe then it's more acceptable if everyone had a similar experience of the sands of time um, as I did uh, on Saturday. Um, but yeah, it, it probably was slightly early, but you know, there was no guarantee we were going to score again and you, you're not going to let it off for anything else. So if, if you brought them, um, you know, not not that I'm condoning it. If uh, anyone from the EFL's listening or the FA, um, but you know, if you, if you're going to celebrate, then you, I guess, you have to celebrate with a goal, don't you?
0: I wonder how the FA treat it because we must be a few strikes in. I mean, we 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 don't need to discuss that. We've already got in a bit of bother with our. Behavior away from home earlier in the season.
1: I mean, is is, is it all dependent on a referee's report? I don't know. Uh, yeah, you're not going to find any insight from me on this. Uh, no. But I, yeah, I mean, if, if like the FA are really that bothered, I think lighting up is a smoke bomb. I'm like, what's not that bad? <laughs> but, <laughs> it's
0: just... I just, I just had images of Neville Southall telling that to Michael Owen in the nineties. Lighting up, <laughs> it's a smoke bomb. <laughs> 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 it's a great finish though isn't it by Tyrese. But it
3: back but it away again and a first time ball forward by Jack Payne has released Simpson Simpson gets away from He's into the box Simpson scores. His shot was too powerful. The Carl Rushworth.
1: Oh, it's fantastic. I mean it's probably one of those ones that's deceptively difficult because uh, the defender's right on his shoulder. He kind of has to get away but he needs to make the goalkeeper commit and you know just does it all in one motion it's it's, it's a really really good goal and I, I think to be to be fair although it's a perfect pass from Jack Payne he could not have weighted that any better or aimed it any better like you know, Tyrese still has a lot to do in that second touch first touch to kind of bring it under a spell second touch to kind of set it ahead enough of the defender that he still has to kind of keep going um like you know, just just brilliant, brilliant forward play, and I think you're right. It's kind of it's becoming his trademark because whenever we manage to get him into space, um, he seems to sort of bound into it. Um, you know, the couple of goals at Oldham, um, you know, like very very much sort of running at pace, um, for, sort of from deep, and then sort of getting up into the area to score that one as well. Um, even the Hartlepool one, he's sort of running into an area, even if the the space that he found was right in between two players um so yeah we we i guess we need to find a way of getting teams to play higher up against us if we're going to try and uh and do that at home because it'd be good to see a few of those in home games to win us a few of those um but yeah a, a brilliant goal
0: i'd highlighted that swindon had been a, a little bit disjointed a little scruffier in their performances recently we were the three five two this weekend in the first half, were we looking good? Was there any of those sort of warning signs that, that tend to happen before
1: before Walsall equalised? Um, I think Walsall had had a couple of chances. So like, not too long after the goal, um, there was a penalty shout. I think it was a really, really good to- tackle. Uh, I've not actually seen the clip back, uh, so I can't tell you 100% who it was. But in in real time, I thought it was Odomio, so we'll, we'll go with that. And there are a couple of times where... Um, they were kind of sort of battling against the defense I and mean, Conroy had quite a lot to do in that first half. Um, but there wasn't really anything that kind of had me like, Oh, a goal is coming. Uh, like there, there've been spells in games recently where you can feel a head of steam being built up. And this wasn't quite that, uh, but then it's like a, a comedy of errors leads to um, a position where it it was actually quite a, quite an easy goal for them to score. Like once they'd got up into that area. So um yeah it's kind of similar and different in that like I think our performance is quite similar but we were coming up against uh, a different kind of performance to what we saw against Harrogate or Newport or someone like that recently where it seems that we're only able to play well in spells of maybe 25 minutes and in some games that's enough um and some games that's not um but yeah, different teams are punishing us differently. Um, Walsall in the first half, I think they used their little spell um, without creating too much clear-cut. Obviously, they scored the goal. Um, but, yeah, second half then, I think it's, it's a, a relatively similar story, but we, um, you know, got away with it a little bit more in, in their second kind of spell um, of, of looking dangerous um, and in both of our spells managed to get a goal. So, um, yeah... The, it's kind, of, it, it's kind of similar, but also different in, in terms of the way the opposition are playing. Well, in terms of Walsall's equaliser, I mean, I'm sure Walsall fans will
0: look at it and go, lovely stuff, but utterly, utterly preventable from our side of things.
1: Yeah, and I think there's like uh, th- th- probably the area, if you're going to really nitpick, where we looked a little bit weak was in that sort of space between Odomeo and Iandolo, um, and I don't think it's necessarily due to uh, any kind of um, individual things that they were doing, but Iandolo uh, was having to cut back quite a lot, and obviously Odemeo is probably naturally right-sided, so he would rather he be playing it with his right rather than on his left, and that sort of changes the way that you're going to play your passes, kind of thing. So um, I think they they probably like really tried to get into that kind of uncomfortable zone where Odemeo doesn't want to sort of step onto his left, but Iandolo doesn't really want to step onto his right um it, it yeah it, it looked like we we could do something a little bit um not well something not so great uh in in a couple of moments leading up to it down there but it we kind of got away with it by having an outball to johnny williams or something like that um but yeah they managed to just kind of cut through um that that right hand side like butter and uh it's a great run by um jack Earing wasn't it um, and uh, yeah, little give and go, and uh, it's a really good cross, good header. Um, can't argue too much about any of that, but uh, yeah, it's it's the build-up play down the wing that's uh, frustrating to watch as a Swindon fan.
0: How many times has Jack Earing had to face a golden earring related uh, pun over the years? Do you think I've been trying to work one into this, but I just, I just haven't got the the the. Can't even finish the sentence. I yeah, just, just the, like ran out of interest very, very quickly. Yeah. Very much, yeah. So some radar love reference for the music <laughs> lovers out there. Second half then. So things went a little bit quiet, really. It seemed to be just... I've I, I, I got to be honest. I spent most of the second half until until the
1: winner thinking, oh, not a replay. We didn't want <clears> that wall-to-wall, waltzel, did we? No, um, and... Thankfully that you it's good that you've been able to mention Dan's wonderful um sort of pun um on that um in the couple of pods before obviously you had it on the on the presser and you've had it now uh because that shouldn't have gone unused. Uh and it's it's a, a real travesty that it ha- it would have gone unused because we beat them. Um yeah, the the second half was a weird one. Um again, it reminds quite closely of other games that we've played this season in terms of we came out of the blocks a lot better in the second half. Like you wouldn't have known that we were the team probably slightly under the cosh towards the end of the first half. Um, came out very nearly scored pr- right away. I think um, a ball kind of drops in the area uh, and <laughs> Johnny Williams does not anticipate tries to square it when he literally could have tapped into an empty net. It's, we were all just like head in hands kind of moment. Um couple of like a couple of moments where Harry McCurdy's kind of in and then rather than going direct to play a shot or a cross, tries to beat his man again and runs it out for a goal kick and that kind of thing. Um, but the thing that was really, really familiar was uh, the referee kind of making himself a talking point. And I think because we've won this game, um, from what I've heard of Ben Garner's comments in the media after, it's not really been uh, a topic of discussion. Uh, and to be honest... Um, In how I was thinking about it after the game, it wasn't so much a topic of discussion, uh, but there was a couple of moments where he started to kind of feel like he was like just antagonising the away fans in terms of, uh, I've no idea if the decisions that he made are correct or incorrect. They they felt incorrect at the time, um, but that kind of injected a little bit of spice into the crowd that maybe had been missing towards the end of the second half, where you can just see the game unfolding in a way that you don't like and uh, it's annoying you. It kind of put a bit of vigour back in just, <coughs> just in terms of like criticising his performance. Uh, I mean, there are a couple of really weird decisions in terms of like fouls going completely the opposite way to what it looked like and uh, yellow cards where, <laughs> um, I think there's one where Harry McCurdy looked to have been fouled and got a yellow card for the foul. And then not obviously for the descent that he, he obviously launched into after Um yeah, it, like, not something that w- we want to talk about on this, so I'm, I'm not going to go into it much further, but, um, like, I think everyone was getting more and more and more frustrated, and um, Warsaw hadn't really done too much, but, you know, you'd seen from the first half that it could be dangerous, didn't want to replay, and then all of a sudden the game just kind of turns on Gladwin getting substituted, like, within a minute or two. He takes the ball down, uh, beats a man, Plays in a perfect through ball, McCurdy shanks a sure, shot, miles wide. It's kept live, uh, and the, the the away end absolutely exploded um, when when Kesla Hayden applied the finish. It was, oh yeah, it just felt like a, a lid coming off of like a boiling pan. A uh, uh, great moment. Yeah, quite
0: quite a minute or so, wasn't it? So of course Gladwin came on for Johnny Williams, and then pandemonium. For keeping it in play, first of all, fair play. That was Ellis wasn't it?
1: Yeah, brilliant from Ellis um, And to be fair as well, um, if you listen to the uh, footage of the goal that's on the BBC, you can hear the Warsaw fans going way as Ellis keeps it in, puts it on a plate for Kessler Hayden. Uh, so you can kind of still hear it as Kessler Hayden <laughs> rifles it into the net. Um, and yeah, I mean, absolutely perfect perfect sound
0: from the angle of the camera it's not even questionably off either it's clearly in two side so, lines yeah, it, yeah so so walsall fans can't even say oh it overran and they just didn't call it it's quite clearly kept on <laughs> yet more pitch invasions from swindon fans again it seems to be a regular thing although it seems that like one of them was not a swindon fan but just harry mccurdy's mate which is crazy.
1: Yeah, I mean that picture is quite something. I, I think I've compared it to a Renaissance era painting <laughs> just in terms of there's a lot going on and you can just see McCurdy getting strangled while so celebrate. Um, <laughs> The key, uh, yeah. the
0: key, the key, the reason why it looks like a Renaissance painting is purely the lighting and the yeah. fear, the the hyperbolic fear on <laughs> Harry McCurdy's face, who doesn't realise it's his mate that's trying to kill him, um, which apparently is fine now he found well, since he found out it was his friend. But there's does he, does he, <laughs> even a guy that runs on kind of takes 10 yards, doesn't know what to do. And nobody wants to celebrate with him because nobody knows who that guy is. And then he kind of just
1: turns round and heads back. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, in, in comparison to our conversation earlier about, is it too early for a smoke bomb? Um, you know, at least they're kind of doing it at the point of the game when that's kind of, you know, maybe a little bit more acceptable. Like a smoke bomb at that point probably would have gone down a tree. Um you know, not with the FA as we've already established. Um, but yeah, no, that, that it was a bit, I didn't even really notice it until I saw the clip back, but uh, yeah, no, the uh, don't know how just people got on, but, but they did. And uh Yeah. I guess that's all there is to say about it really I mean it's a great picture Uh, so uh, I'll I'll remember that one for for months to come.
0: (laughs) Kane Kessler-Hayden scoring a goal is the ultimate it's been coming um, goal that we've had in quite some time he's been knocking on the door for for ages and then wow he would on a plate in the end wasn't it?
1: Yeah that's the Second, it's been coming moment of the season in terms of an individual scoring a goal. The first one being Tyree Simpson against Mansfield. And both of them were very, very emphatic finishes. So I think we're just like it, it kind of you, you read into it like a lot of frustration, maybe at the way that the, the balls have dropped and, you know, maybe the, the shot that hasn't quite reached into the corner, that kind of thing just like absolutely lamping one right down the middle. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's it's, it's a really good finish. I mean, taking it, like the ball that um, Eindelow put in is on a plate, but it's delivered at speed that, you know, you could conceivably put too much power on it. Uh, So he he does well to kind of direct it above the keeper, but below the crossbar. Uh, And uh, yeah, I mean, like we've kind of discussed him quite a lot recently on the podcast, I think, but his, his... um, performances seem to be on an upward trajectory um, in general, um, and there, there's a lot to like about the way that he's going about um, his loan spell at the moment. So, uh, really well deserved from him.
0: Yeah, and in terms of low knees, we were talking about like we, we kind of mentioned it in the presser who who we feared would may get a call may get called back in January, and now Paul Cook has left Ipswich Town, and I got to be honest, I, I was already highlighting Tyrese is the most likely to be called back in January if anyone would be and you know it's pretty pointless talking about it. But now that Cook's gone, it makes me feel a little bit more nervous.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna try not to think about it because I guess, you know, worrying about it's not gonna not gonna help things. Um if it happens then I'll be very, very sad. Um but, you know, at least at least if it does happen, probably he's gonna be able to have hit double figures for the season before that. So um <laughs> One of the one of the first uh, big predictions of the season will have come true. What's that? Nine now. So yeah, that definitely definitely before um, FA Cup third round week, he'll he should be on ten. But um, yeah, I, I, let's just hope they bring in some absolute dinosaur who doesn't want anything to, to know about a nineteen year old centre forward or however old he is. <laughs> um, so that's that's my hope. Now Gladwin, the substitute, got away from Kitceler and Pease, but
3: Curdy now low ball into the penalty area. It's too far in front of Simpson. Iain Dolan will keep it in, and there's a shot home from Kesler Hayden, and Swindon go back
0: ahead. It's time for listeners' contributions. Thank you to all of those who sent stuff in. Plenty to go through. I asked three questions this week of course i asked for your hot takes from the walsall game i also asked for your man of the match and i also went for your dream third round opponents we shall start with robert hammond who says messy game lots of missed passes but we just shaved it who cares we're in the third round no one stood out but kane just gets man of the match for the third round spurs away we could beat them." Wardy S says, started well, let them back into it for a bit. I would have liked to have seen a third to ease my nerves. Man of the match, Wallacott, just for being focused for 90 minutes and making a few smart saves at vital moments. Next round, Spurs away, please. Chris Van Roon says, a good performance, I thought solid. Another ground visited, poor home support though. Man of the match between Kane, Kessler, Hayden for Obvious reasons, McCurdy for his assist to Tyrese, or Tyrese for his goal. Next round, Newcastle, Spurs, Everton, Brighton, or Brentford away, please. Matt says, first 20 minutes, brilliant, all over them playing in the right area. Then we had our wobble early and struggled to get out. Good second half and saw it out well. Great save at the end by Jojo. Man of the match, our Kess. Bernie Man says, sounded a decent display. Eight away wins on the trot is an amazing record and long may it continue. Imagine if we were as strong at home. Kane, Kessler-Hayden, man of the match, based on the radio, sounded like he had a field day. Spurs away would be great in the next round to go and visit their new stadium, but any London Premier League club. S Parker says, first 30 were excellent, thought we were going to score loads, rest of it less so. Last 15 gave me palpitations, Garner said we were in control, not from where I was standing. Man of the match, Conroy, man's a rock, shame about the idiots with the smoke bombs, like we can afford another fine. Hmm. H the Duck says, man of the match, Kane, Kessler, Hayden easily. Just brilliant all day long and a thumping goal to cap it all. Dream draw equals any Prem or Championship London club. Away day by train. Come on you Reds. Rich Parker says, not our best game but grinding out results. Conroy, man of the match for me, made several vital last ditch tackles. Dream draw would be Manchester United away, But to be fair, any Premier League team, home or away, but we will end up with Morecambe away. That's the spirit. Ben Sharp says Kane Kessler-Hayden or Jojo Wallacott for Man of the Match would love Liverpool away. Paul Merriman says we're in the draw. That's what counts. Could only listen on the radio, but sounded like we were worthy for the win. Held on with a cracking save in the dying minutes by Jojo. Have to give Man of the Match to our Kess. First goal, For Town, a big Prem club away, please. Spurs or Villa would be cracking. He also goes on to say, After viewing the highlights, it looks like our own mistakes caused their goal and some of Warsaw's chances. If we could cut the silly errors, that would help. Our very own JR says, Boreham or St Albans save the big boys for round four. Hanra Hanra Anthony Grant 42 says, Yet another away win. Sublime. Man of the match, our Kess. The dream tie... Bring on United at Old Trafford. But I want Millwall away. Silence a few of my noisy neighbours. It's a South London ting. In the ends, fam, in it. Didn't feel comfortable saying that last bit, Hannah's, but there we go. Ben Nichols says majority of the first half was poor. Again, town turn on the style second half. Jack Payne, man of the match for me, best player on the park. Special mention to Wallacott great saves when needed. Ex-publisher says determined performance, confidently polished at times, but gritty when necessary. Man of the match, our Kess, for the goal celebration alone. Amazing scenes. Would love a trip to the new Spurs stadium. Paul D says man of the match, not even a discussion. Our Kess all day. Noise in the way end was superb. Brilliant away following this season. Pete Marsh says, it was torture listening to the commentary with no video. Man of the match sounded like Wallacott. Pete would like Manchester United away, but resigns himself to either Mansfield or Leighton Orient at home. Any away draw preferred. He did highlight Cheltenham should be avoided under any circumstances, but then Cheltenham got knocked out. And he describes that as life being good. Billy Nishaw seems to live near Bramall Lane. He would like Sheffield United in the next round. Luke says, Fantastic result. Mood feels similar to 2011-2012 too. Credit to all the team for their effort throughout as Walsall were no pushover. Game management great towards the end. Mitchell Singh says, Can't get Macclesfield away, so he's going for Mansfield away. He's changed his mind. It's 100% going to be Yeovil at home. Paul Cottle simply says, Cristiano at the county ground. Luke Hodgson says, shame to have missed what sounded like a great away day. Performance and atmosphere. Wouldn't mind Reading or Bristol City away and think we'd give either a game away from home, that is. Alternatively, the stereotypical big prem team at the county ground. Paul Temple says he's a star running down the right. Gets the winner, but eclipsed by a Louis Reed master show. Some nervy moments with missed tackles again, but thankfully Dion and JoJo cleared up. Louis Reed, the stats will say man of the match. Spurs away, but will probably get Wimbledon. And finally, Swindonian says my man of the match was Jack Payne. Never stop working all game. So there we go then. So in terms of Man of the Match, Kane, Kessler, Hayden gets the listeners'
1: vote. Connor, who do you go for? Oh, it's a really difficult one because there's a number of players that stand out in a positive sense, um, even though over the game as a whole, it, it wasn't quite like a, it like it's not like eights all around. I think there's a number of players who are probably like a seven out of ten um, on the day um Keza Hayden, really good especially second half i think first half there were a couple of good things that he did but wasteful going forward and again um maybe not the the most stable defensively when he was being run at um constantly um down the wing um but but i mean he was absolutely everywhere i think in the in the bbc commentary that i i guess they've picked up from the the Warsaw local radio and uh, they were remarking that he was he was there everywhere here here, there and everywhere so um clearly made an impression um, on them um so for me it's probably between him and I think Jack Payne like for me absolutely ran the show um the the assist for Tyree Simpson is like I could watch that pass just over and over again and it's it's one of those ones that like I I don't think many people would have even seen it in the stands let alone in um the midfield um Number of points in the first half, like pretty much everything good was going through him in the first half. Um, in the second half, um, you know, maybe a little bit quieter, but he helped to control it and kind of take the sting out of it when Walsall were um, looking pretty dangerous. Didn't really give the ball away too much, which a couple of other players in the midfield did, um, you know, especially when it was was Williams, Reed, and him. Um, I think Reed had one of his worst games, um, which you know, comparatively speaking, that's not a bad game. But like, in, he was giving the ball away a lot more than he has done um, in in a few other games. Uh, Williams wasn't at the races at all, um, which you know can happen, I, like, and was quite rightly taken off. But Payne was just brilliant throughout, and uh, even towards the end, um, just the kind of professionalness to kind of just keep it in the corner and see the game out um, between him and Gladwin was great. So. I think it has to be Jack Payne for me, but I can definitely uh, kind of agree with Kesla Hayden as well. So,
0: yeah, and there were there were votes for Payne in the listener contributions. Also, JoJo got a few for for just for just being JoJo in the last five ten minutes.
1: Yeah, I mean, a couple of really big saves. We didn't really talk about um, the final quarter of an hour, and I was talking about my perception of time going really slowly earlier in the game. Oh, my God. Like, it was even worse towards the end of the game. Um, But, you know, with someone that's just so, like, ice cool uh, in in dealing with things, he made a couple of really big saves, really good under the high ball, uh, which, you know, when they're kind of floating in crosses from very, very deep, um, you just kind of expect him to kind of come and pluck the ball out of the air um, or a defender to win it first time. The other one I'd have to really mention is Dylan Conroy, who like really didn't put a foot wrong all afternoon for me. Um, again, another really good performance and just brings that stability. So like I say, there's there's like a number of players. Um, I almost feel feel wrong about giving it to just one. And, you know, maybe for the FA Cup, because we're not putting this on the spreadsheet, maybe we just give it to to like all four of them.
0: Breaking all the rules, but all four go in. I guess we do these man of the matches, especially for the league, every week, and it's the same names. It's Reed, Payne, Jojo, Dion. Does this 11, and it is a predominant 11 because people like JML can't get on at the moment and others sort of struggle
1: to get minutes. Do we have any passengers? Uh, in the 11. I I mean, I honestly don't think so. Um, I'm sure that there will be people that are harsher than me that might say that a couple of the players that, you know, maybe haven't turned up with, like, big goals and assists are the season. But, like, pretty much if you named, like, any player in the first probably 13 or 14 players in the squad, I can name you a couple of moments where they've been absolutely brilliant for us this season. So I wouldn't say it's uh, passengers as such, just that, like, you know, there's going to be, like, it's, if you're a defensive midfielder that's playing well it's quite easy to stand out I think if you're if you're a um if you're in a different position that's maybe not quite so obvious um to see I think sometimes it's it's easy to um kind of you know maybe not be raised as as such but like maybe towards the end of the season those names will be the ones that that people kind of pick out because you know if Georgia Wallacott makes a save everyone's seen it um if Louis Reed is kind of orchestrating the game is quite obvious if Williams scores a goal from 30 yards or Gladwin scores a couple or you know Payne's running the game like we can all kind of see that but you know maybe that there are kind of there are points where someone just kind of goes under the radar but yeah I genuinely think like most players in the squad have had have had their own big moments even and you know maybe there's a few more big moments to come before the end of the calendar year as well for a couple of those players
0: yeah in terms of player of the year I think because in the last two years Anthony Grant and Akinodome may have got it they've got the hard worker vote I do wonder if we'll go three in a row on that and if that's the case I think it will be Louis Reed
1: if if he keeps up his form and yeah I'm thinking about that sort of stuff you have to you have to yeah I mean it's interesting because I've probably about if you'd have asked us for low strangers player of the year this time last season. I don't think Jack Payne would have been anywhere near the discussion. He was who we eventually gave, um, I think. Um, so, um, there's still a lot that could change. Um, but yeah, there, there are, I I think it's just one of those things that there are a number of players who don't seem to have a bad game. Um, and like, like I said, for example, Lou Reed, um, I, I think that that's the worst I've seen in play for Swindon and it was still pretty good. Uh, it's just that it wasn't quite the, the bells and whistles that we've seen in recent weeks. Um, and and that's fine because when he doesn't, isn't quite on it, then Jack Payne steps up and puts in sort of one of the best midfield performances um, that we've, we've seen um, in a while. So it's kind of a good position to be in, in, in terms of like, the, it seems like pretty much everyone I think is um, contributing and, Yeah, probably the the, the high-profile players aren't like Mitchell Lawson and Gilbert and and that kind of thing, but like I think I was saying off-air, but I think Mitchell Lawson hasn't really even really been given the chance and missed a really, really good opportunity to make it 3-1 at the end. Probably could have squared it to Simpson to make it 3-1, but um, it's one of them where eventually he's going to get a proper chance and get more minutes than just 15-20 here and there. And even in the minutes he has played, obviously penalty uh, win against Harrogate, that kind of thing. Um it's not like he's been <laughs> not like he's been bad, but um yeah, I guess he just hasn't had the chance to shine. So um yeah. Definitely definitely just positive about pretty much everyone in the squad at the moment. Fantastic. Can we take a dramatic sharp turn? No. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah of course we yeah. <laughs> can. we talk about petitions to wind
1: up? <laughs> oh oh man, you've caught me so oh. off guard here. Even though I know I knew this was coming because we we did discuss roughly what the running order was before the pod but i i
0: bring you i bring you up just to bring you back down with a sharp thud um no major doom and gloom from the podcast side of things but i think we're obliged to talk about it that a petition to wind up the Swindon Town Football Company Limited uh, the company of the county ground, County Road, Swindon, was presented on the 9th of November by AC Sports Wiltshire LLC, formerly AC Sports LLC of some place in the United States of America. Look, this is something that I think was in the advisory panel notes. So it's not the big scary, what the hell is this that some might think it is. Um, it's just as I've been describing it it's more debris washing to shore from the previous era, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And it's one of those ones where you see a winding up petition. You're like, Oh God, do we need like finding this out on a Saturday after we've just got through to the FA Cup third round? Do do we really need this? Felt almost deliberate, didn't it? Felt it. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where I can't say that I know any of the details of it. So um, it's hard to really say anything, but um, I guess from what we've seen in the the advisory board minutes. And just like if if you kind of maybe think critically about the situation that we're in the summer in terms of there being an ownership struggle between um, three parties, I guess, um, there was always going to be things like this that would pop up from time to time. And hopefully it's just one of those things that can be dealt with, uh, whether it's in this court date that's been set um, or um, just like settling it. Because, you know, at this point, it'd just be nice to kind of have a quiet situation around the club rather than uh, more talking about um, ownership and that kind of thing because i think we're all pretty happy with uh the the current ownership situation that we've got um so yeah don't really want to consider uh, abel or or anything like that but at least it gives you a good title for this podcast Cain and abel it's just, it writes itself.
0: <laughs> it is very good. I've been, I've been trying this ever since Kessler Hayden joined. I've been waiting to find a way. And <laughs> ah, there it was um, to my absolute Dismay it came up. <laughs> Kane and Abel indeed. Um very quickly, congratulations to Harry Parsons for scoring a hat-trick for Chippenham Town and Ricky Agua got the other one in a 4-1 win against Dorking Wanderers. I'm not fully convinced that's a real football team.
1: Uh yeah, that that sounds very much like a you know, primary school like yeah. pupil making up a team um that they're playing against on pre-evolution soccer or something. Um, or wh- whatever it's called now, e football. I think it is, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad to see. it. Wasn't it like an eight minute hat trick or something? For it past- was an eight, was eight minute hat trick.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, I came into this segment with every intention of just showering harry parsons with praise but the more i look into this dorking wanderers malarkey the more convinced it's a sham founded in 1999 their ground is called meadow bank and their chairman and manager is mark white this isn't real this
1: isn't real they <laughs> said they're there like a uh, stretton rovers but of the National League South, or something like that. Yeah, and and they, they've got a goalkeeper called Slavomir Huck.
0: This is oh, that's that,
1: that is pure Streatham Rovers. So yeah, no, that is yeah, they're a made-up team. But well done, Harry uh, for, for that <laughs> I mean, that it, it's uh, we were kind of talking, obviously, in the midweek episode after the Papa John's Pizza Trophy um, about um, development, and you know, is it better for us to have? Gilbert here not really playing many minutes but filling the squad role that Parsons might have done if Parsons can then go out to non-league and get lots and lots of minutes. Uh and you know, maybe getting that hat trick is, is kind of proof in the pudding that, you know, once he comes back, that that probably is more useful to him than having played um, you know, sixty, seventy minutes at wing back like he did um in in the previous game in in the trophy. So um yeah, um, we can only wait and see and see how that affects his professional career once he's back. But, um, you know, at any time alone he does something good um, at that kind of level, I guess we, we kind of sit up and take notice. Talking also boasts a
0: player called Callum Kennedy. So there's that's, that's one, isn't it? Um, <laughs> okay, that's 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 Dare to Dream then. So FA Cup, the listeners' feedback wants Spurs away to tick off that ground, I suppose. Loads of really exciting potential opponents for the third round. And yet, oh, you've got to love the the, the sense of humour of football fans, don't you? Because everybody's bracing themselves for Morecambe, AFC, Wimbledon, Mansfield, no doubt, Harrogate. and But we're all wanting numbers 31 and above, probably, with the exception of Barnsley, I think. <laughs> well, maybe, no, because there's a few good ones under there. Top 40 is what we're looking for, isn't it? As as Mitchell said, it's going to be Yeovil. It's going to be Yeovil. You know it's going to be Yeovil and I know it's going to be Yeovil, but let's put it all to the side.
1: Yeah, I mean, if it was Yeovil, at least it's like a doable um, day out kind of thing. I, I think the, the worst kind of thing would be uh, one that you can't really dream about where we'll probably get knocked out and that's not really geographically great to do. So if we get like Rotherham away, like who's interested in that? that? That serves no purpose other than if we somehow beat them and then it's like wow we beat the team at the top of league one or whatever um but uh yeah what like what i would even want is a game that we realistically would win so we can get into the fourth round which would be like really breaking new ground um even though like obviously the last time we reached the fourth round is the same year as the last time we reached the third round um <laughs> but um so, you know, if we were to get like Saint Albans at home, I know they might not go through because they're still to play. Um, you know, even though they'd have had like two good results to get to that point, if we even even at home, we should be beating a team like that. So, I could probably just about accept it, but I would almost rather just like have the big day out at like a, a big team and and go out even like even after that because I think we need five thousand six thousand uh swindon fans in an away and somewhere I think that would be like the the fourth chapter in the kind of story I was talking about at the start of, of the podcast so yeah there, there's a I, I again similar to the second round um I can tell you a lot of things that I don't want uh, and I can tell you a lot of things that i don't I do want but I'm not sure it will make a good podcast um so yeah i, I i'm I'm just like every couple of minutes I keep thinking if oh we could get these and like oh that would be good or that would be not not so great but yeah just let's make it another away day Uh, let's make it one that's doable and let's make it like a ground we all want to go to um you know and and those three things will be fine but then if we get a big 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 club I'm fine at home as well yeah and I'm
0: also okay with a couple of championship teams convenience Bristol City away would be good Reading would be good in a competitive fixture first time in a long long time but that's Just dare to dream. What we want is, you know, your Manchester City's, your Liverpool's, Chelsea, West Ham, Tottenham, Manchester United Arsenal, that the the top seven currently would be absolutely dreamy. I don't, I'm not, regarding what's best for us as fans i just want an away day at a place where we have got nothing to lose and also vitally a big away allocation so we don't have to spend weeks mm-hmm. listening to how people are the biggest fans ever but because they haven't got a season ticket they 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 should absolutely go and all the arguments of what is a football fan because oh that's boring
1: yeah, what we need is an away allocation that equals what we would usually get at home, um, and and then like yeah, there there can't really be too many arguments, can there? Maybe we should just you know, I, I, I yeah, maybe we, maybe what we need is an away allocation of about two hundred at St Albans or Boreham Wood or something <laughs> just to keep us grounded before we beat them, and then we finally get Spurs away, beat them. You know, we need to get to the semi-final, then then we can have a really big big allocation <laughs> at Wembley. Uh, well, I'm I'm I am getting far too ahead of myself, but yeah, I, I basically what we should just do is talk about every club that's still left in the competition, and then just talk about the different factors about whether it be a good day or not. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I, I... <laughs>
0: it's just like. I don't want like if we get a team in the championship or Premier League, I don't want Bournemouth and I don't want Brentford. We've played them a million times and Brighton. I don't want them. I want I yeah. want absolute mainstay top two tier, not these sort of new money success stories, which I'm very envious of and you know that's fair play yeah. to them. But I, yeah. I want Villa away would be would be huge for the fan base for the same reasons why we took two thousand two to walsall it's it's not a difficult one that would be cool
1: yeah i mean for, for on a personal note for me i think i would probably ruin christmas if we got Bournemouth away um so it's probably probably would be good if we we managed not to get that um yeah i the more i think about it the more i just want a really really easy one sampton away everyone at st mary's um every that the, the vape and craft beer lounge in in portswood uh, on the way down oh what a day out it'll be uh, so yeah, that I honestly, honestly, I, I will take any good draw, uh, and I will not take any bad draw, uh, and that's all I say on the matter.
0: And given the miles that you've put in this season, you deserve a nice, quick <laughs> uh journey to <laughs> St Mary's for another win from Swindon at that ground because we had a good run there, didn't we? Yeah, that's that's nice. Well, here's hoping. We we all know how this draw is going to go. But let's let's pray to be pleasantly surprised. Connor, until then, thank you very much. Goodbye. Thanks. the The Low Strangers is an independent podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening.